0: Hello and welcome to Dear Percival. This podcast showcases Danny Savarino, one of the characters in the fantastic new novel People of Bloomsbury by the author and poet Mr. DJ Swales. Now, Danny Savarino writes a diary, which is called Dear Percival, hence the name, hence the name. This is episode five of the podcast. And this is the second part of Jemima and Jaquetta. After lighting a patchouli insect stick in the hands of a druid figurine, my preparatory morning tasks almost complete, I closed the back window and hauled the Jaquetta of Luxembourg doorstop to the front of the shop. She still wore her stink face as I slid her into place and flipped around the shop's open sign. I snatched up the mail, mostly junk, and, without reviewing, deposited them as a neat stack on the cash desk. I set about polishing some of the bigger crystals, allowing my morning trauma to ebb away. I noticed that some of the slick spring blossom mulch from the road outside Ridgemount Gardens had clung to the sides of my shoes. I collapsed into the chair behind the desk, wiped them with a patchouli-scented tissues, and then sifted through the morning mail. "'A letter with an Australian stamp!' "'I tore it open, scanning each line, "'then wilted in my seat, "'like I had gone three rounds with Mike Tyson. "'What a gut punch!' "'The first customer of the day walked through the door, "'snagging me from my devastated thoughts. "'Hi, Irina,' I said, "'summoning a Mona Lisa smile "'for the owner of Lips of London, "'Bloomsbury's only cosmetic store. "'Internally, I had deflated like a large stingy. "'Irina managed to smile back "'through all her Botox.' averted her gaze, then perused the fairy postcards. As usual, she said she could get better ones in Warsaw, where she visited her mother. She spun the postcard rack, more than she needed to, our eyes meeting more than once as I feigned disinterest. The world just goes on like all is well, despite my parents still being missing, I thought, trying to make some sense of why Irina wasn't centered on my distress. Honey, I just came in to buy a book. We've all got our own shit going on, she said to me once, when I tried to speak to her about being triggered by false sightings of my parents. After Irina departed, postcards in hand, a strange and unexpected thud had echoed up the back staircase which led to the basement. It must be the rumble of the London Underground, I thought, choosing to ignore it for a second time. It sounded again, accompanied by a silvery voice. Daniel, Daniel, come talk to me. Hello, I said, pushing myself up from my desk and turning towards the top of the winding staircase. A strange gravity pulled me towards the staircase and lightless basement. My heart pounded as I resisted, as the invisible silk threads of some great spider seemed to reel me in. At the first step, I flicked the light switch. What on earth? I thought. Peering down the stairwell, darkness reigned, for I had only recently changed the light bulb. Help! came a faint female voice. Daniel. I was tugged forward down the first few stairs. I braced my knees, gripping the banister, but a strange compulsion urged me on. As I crept forward, my shoes sank into the deep pile carpet-like wet sand. I laboured to breathe, the air suddenly as dense as water. Come closer, Daniel, the strengthening voice called from down the corridor. The forbidden door, I thought, barely discerning the keep-out signs. Hello, who's there? I whispered thinking, how does she know my name? I turned my ear towards the sound while padding backwards, my toes still pointed towards the stairs ready to scarper. Daylight called me back, but the silk lassoes tugged me into the gloom. Won't you invite me out, Danny? My name's Sabrina. I've been here for quite some time. The voice melted from that of a clear and eloquent-sounding younger woman into that of a kindly grandmother who had misplaced her dentures. My hand was drawn to the door handle, which I twisted. Locked! My mind went misty at the chill of the handle, cut to my bones. I wrestled to free my hand as the grandmotherly voice spoke. "'The key is in Mr. Bootle's office,' said Sabrina, her words piercing like the point of an icicle through my mental haze. "'Under the small rattan hippo!' I turned and walked towards my employer's office. "'Stop! Don't do it, Danny!' I sprung into the air like a cat in ambush, turning to see Mr. Bootle's tell silhouette at the top of the staircase. I felt his eyes on me as he descended the stairs and I reached for his office door handle. Besides, the key isn't under the hippo, it's inside the hippo. I'm afraid you have to stick your fingers in its bottom to access it. I was just getting to that part, snapped the voice, now sounding like a grandma who'd just lost that bingo. Clarity rushed back. Surfing the wave of overwhelming sewage stink, I pinched my nose in disgust. Jemima! I said, gagging, as I instantly recognised the distinct acrid odour. I'd forgotten about the name, but not the foul offence. The same name also escaped Mr. Bootle's mouth as he fought to keep down his breakfast. My God, she gets worse with time! Mr. Bootle composed himself and took a deep breath, shaking his head in disbelief. Who is Jemima pretending to be today, I wonder he asked, like he was guessing a mystery raffle prize. I see you continue with your many charades, Jemima, I thought, confused as I cleared my throat S- uh, Sabrina, I asked, directing my voice at the ice-cold metal door. Is a very flatulent lady called Jemima in there with you? Don't listen to Bootle's awful insinuations, Danny said the voice now menacing. Instead of this saccharine tinged tongue of a grandmother, I heard hardened cruelty, I've never heard of this Jemima. Now be a good boy, Danny, and unlock the door for Sabrina. Why 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 is a woman called Sabrina or Jemima locked in your broom cupboard? I hissed at Mr Bootle, as my legs turned to jelly. And why does she smell like a, a mix of sour milk, old nappies, and a six sweet old dead rat? The silken threads drops away severed. I almost collapsed, like an astronaut returning from space or a drunk outside a railway station. My nose stung as the malodorous assault strengthened. Oh, welcome back, Sabrina, said Mr Bootle, laughing like he was meeting an old friend. I haven't heard from you in a wee while. Well, I'm back now, Bootle, said the harsh voice, thick with threat. Open the door, please, Danny. Don't listen to this nincompoop." poop. The stink disappeared as quickly as it had arrived. I looked at Mr Bootle. He shook his head as he stepped forward, pressing his finger to his lips. I nodded, leaning my weight against the large bookshelf. Tell me, Jemima, how is Susie the Edwardian seamstress these days, said Mr Bootle? Susie? Sales have been brisk, aside from a few pricked fingers. She's on the up, thanks for asking. And Lily, the orange girl from the Dickensian slums of St Giles? <laughs> she's been better, the voice snapped guardedly. Florida citrus prices have slumped, so she's back in her hovel, chewing on sawdust. Let's hope California's harvest comes good. And what about Queen Boudica? asked Mr. Bootle. You never did say, is she buried under King's Cross Station or Primrose Hill? Neither, the voice bloated ever more acidic and impatient and why should i tell you anyway so you can sell a few more books and trinkets fool a few more suburban mums and dads into thinking they are witches and druids just because they forage for mistletoe and a few mushrooms spare me how dare you said mr bootle i run an honest practice here let me out lizard lips my name isn't Susie lilith Boudicca or Jemima today. I'm Sabrina, an innocent Roman matron of Londinium, born on the island of Capri. I died in absolutely dreadful circumstances. Have you no pity? Gosh, that is quite the tale, said Mr. Bootle. What happened to you, Sabrina? Lots of things. I can tell you all about it over tea and crumpets, if you like. Danny was about to invite me out, but you interrupted, quite rudely if I might say. Danny, Carry on, please. Danny, are you there? Please help harmless old Jemima. I mean Sabrina, damn it. Mr. Bootle ushered me up the stairs. Behind us, Jemima meowed like a cat, then snarled like a cornered raccoon. My feet were like lead. As I climbed, my energy sapped from me. I listened to how Jemima had manifested many identities. I'm so sorry, he said at last, as I folded myself exhausted into the chair behind the checkout. I should have told you more about Jemima the first time you smelt her, but I was hoping I wouldn't need to. I thought you might have found your parents by now and wouldn't be vulnerable to her ways. Who on earth is she? Let me out, bootle! Jemima's livid voice echoed from downstairs. The hairs on my neck prickled as she launched into a tirade of expletives that could have made an Irish sailor blush. I'll feed you to the lampreys. I swear I'll boil you in your mother's ghee. And that is the end of episode five, which is the second part of Jemima and Jaquetta. Thank you for listening. It will continue. There is a part three. This has been Dear Percival, a showcase podcast concerning Danny Savarino, a fantastic character in the new and fantastic, equally fantastic novel People of Bloomsbury by Mr. DJ Swales, which is available on Amazon right now. If you buy it from Amazon, it can be delivered to your Kindle in a trice. So please go and buy it. Why not? It's fabulous. There were so many characters to fall in love with. We shall return with episode six, which would be the, the third part of Jemima and Jaqueta. Thank you, dear listener. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.